We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Hey there, folks. We are back in the realm of profit focus once again. One of Jason's particular obsessions and, and definitely one of my favorite topics simply because it's so important. If you're working really hard, you're risking your own money and uh, you're doing all the work, then you need to get paid. And a lot of us don't focus on that enough. We think revenue is the important word and it isn't. It's all about your profits. So today we're going to continue with that theme. We're talking about how to create a highly profitable e-commerce business. We're talking sort of 30,000 foot view. And today we're going to share seven methods by Jason Miles for creating a highly profitable e-commerce company. This is big picture stuff. This isn't a to-do list for a week or a month, but nevertheless, important stuff to take away and really absorb for yourself, make your own version of it. This is the heart of the work that we do as e-commerce operators, I think. And, and we sometimes think that we're there in the business of um, creating profits, uh, sorry, creating revenue by selling physical products or sometimes digital ones. I, I think we're in the business of trying to make profits by selling goods to consumers. And it's so, so easy, particularly in the Amazon space, to forget that. And hopefully we're here to remind you and give you some really concrete pointers as to how to maximize your profits. Enjoy the show. So here's the third suggestion for creating a highly profitable e-commerce company. And I need to explain this one. So, so tune into this. This is, this is valuable. The third one is a little bit of an abstraction. So I'll just I'll walk you through it. The, the, the phrase is widen the jaws. Widen the jaws. Now, this phrase, widen the jaws, I learned from a guy named Tool Tandon. He used to be a senior global leader at Citibank. And then he came to work for the charity I worked for, and I worked I worked for him. And uh, he was senior vi- vice president of marketing, and and now he's the CEO of Opportunity International in the United States, which is a really cool micro uh, enterprise organization. And his phrase "widen the jaws" he learned from his bosses or whatever at Citibank, or he came up with it. I don't know, but it's this simple idea, and he applied it to all of his managers who were trying to make and you know make you know sales and 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 grow in the charitable context, but it applies to business as well. The idea of widen the jaws is if you look at a line chart for your sales and your expenses together. So like last year's sales and expenses, a year before that, year before that, year before that, you get two lines like, you know, going ideally up <laughs> and to the right as you plot them over time. And and the top line is of course sales and the bottom, the, the one below that would be expenses. And the gap in the middle, if you just draw a little, like like a little line in between, like a little, you know, mouth, it looks like a shark. It looks like like something's opening its mouth. And so that's the concept of widening the jaws. And what did he mean? What did he mean by that? How does it apply practically? What it means is you want to grow top line sales, yes, but you want it to grow, you want your expenses to grow slower. And the, if you think about it, that widen the jaws, the, the space between the top line sales and the expenses is your profit. So, you, so in essence, the, the profit growth is a function of the top line sales going up and the expenses staying flat or just growing slower. 
And when that key situation occurs, you're widening the jaws. And so this is the third concept. I know it's a little bit of an extra extraction and abstraction, and it kind of has to be explained. But the, the question related to, you know, creating profitability in a business is tied directly to this, this little concept. And so there's two parts of it. You, you know, you do want to migrate towards selling uh, higher uh, margin products or higher price products over time. That's, you know, sales success over time is key. But you also want to migrate towards lower uh, costs of sales and operating methods over time. So that so let me just walk through this. So third tip is widen the jaws. How you do that is number four. Fourth tip is migrate to selling higher margin products or higher price products over time and to increasing sales velocity. And then number five, the fifth tip is migrate to lower cost of selling and lower cost operating methods over time. And there is a ton we could unpack in these little concepts. What are your thoughts on that just in general, widen the jaws? I know we've talked about this before in prior podcasts. Yeah, but I think it's really important to, to cover it again. It's so important. I mean, the first thing is I like this idea of which you're going to have to fight for, let's say, that to, to get your top line sales to go up without just the revenue, just the, the, the costs line going up. Mm -hmm is Tough. very hard because in a physical product space business obviously i know your your business is uh, primarily you know digital products but yeah. the cut you know we both work with and i've i am in the business of uh, physical products and decoupling those two is really really hard and i think you just have to make mm -hmm. it a real mission to reduce your cost of goods sold as a percentage of your your revenue over time and that can be done but you just have to make sure you re negotiate really really hard with suppliers mm -hmm. that you have always got a plan b with suppliers that you work with people who have access to bulk buying and bulk sort of discounting you know whatever it is that you can do and that, mm -hmm. that by the way to actually achieve that in the short and medium term right now is super hard because the cost of goods from china is famously going up about six mm percent -hmm. the inflation rate for that running sort of annualized events and you know the, the american the fed and so forth is concerned about just generally speaking inflation across the whole economy based on that number alone so it is not going to be an easy year to reduce your expenses let me just say now and freight has tripled in costs often there yeah. you're getting a 40-foot container from uh, China to UK has gone up from like about twelve thousand, you know, sort of four thousand uh, dollars last year to about twelve now. Mm -hmm. So there's some real serious price pressure. So which, this is not going to be an easy or a short-term win. Let's just say that. Which leads to the idea of inflationary prices, which I mean is what everyone's talking about. Is how does all of this cost on the, you know, on the manufacturing side and product creation side bleed into? you know, raising prices for consumers. Now, if you have pricing power and you don't use it, you're not using a tool that you could otherwise be using to increase profits. So that whole exploration of pricing power inside your business is fascinating. Amazon does have the opportunity to do, I forget the tool that Kyle always tells people to use, but to do serial split testing of prices. Yeah, you know, splitb.com so is pretty good if that's there you the go. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can split test your prices and discover for yourself what your category's pricing power looks like and, and actually optimize for the highest priced point sales with even the goal. You, you can plug in goals uh, and say, I want to you know, sell for the goal of profit maximization, not sales velocity maximization. So these are so these are very meaningful, I, I think, things to explore. I like I guess I like the idea of widen the jaws because I found it to be true over time. You know, cinnamon and I've been selling for 
what, 13, 14 years now. And and I've been full-time since January 1st, 2014 with her. When you focus on this idea of widening the jaws, it gives you different things to focus on in your business over time. But all of them lead to profit maximization. You know, you sometimes over the course of our lives, business life, we've done this. Sometimes we're focused on pricing. Other times we're focused on how to get our cost structure lower. Other times we're focused on transaction costs. You know, other times we're focused on product lines and the values to them. Other times we're focused on business models and the values uh, for profit associated with them. And so I think that's the reason this is so fascinating is because it does give you four or five things to, to focus on. One of the responses to the survey that I did in the Replens Mastermind group was to ask the question and someone responded by saying, one way you can to increase profits is to focus on cash back, credit card, you know, rewards points, other structural discounting methods. And the person's totally right. You know, I mean, if if you, for example, we all have heard these stories of people run all of their business expenses through their credit card, and then they get all their travel zeroed out because they have so many points that they can use for travel and that kind of thing. So, so these kinds of structural things go into this idea of lowering your your operating methods over time. And there's just so much to be done there that I think is very fascinating. We have to be willing over, to, over time to, whilst retaining this, this basic concept, obsession, focus of profit mm-hmm. first above all and widening the jaws over time which i think is an excellent aim that we're going to have to be prepared to to change our focus in the how we do that quite a mm-hmm. lot over time mm-hmm. as you say you know sometimes it's it's price maximization and therefore profit maximization and yeah split testing is an excellent thing to do that mm-hmm. but i do think that for the majority of amazon sellers that i know that are serious uh, and importing mostly from abroad that that's a, a huge challenge at the moment and that mm-hmm. implies possibly a really quite a radical pivot mm-hmm. at least maybe for the next six 12 months and who knows how long it's going to be that, that the price is so high this may be uh, the new normal for another year or two mm-hmm. i don't know i mean as uh, there's various different factors that go into it on the supply side uh, real shortages then we may have to pivot and uh, start sourcing locally that which we've been selling from a long way abroad and that sort of thing, you know. And we've talked about that before, how the value proposition of local sourcing really radically changes your cost structure and mm. business methodologies. You've talked about that in the, your cash conversion cycle yeah. uh, training, with, and that's, that's really a powerful idea. Yeah, It is, and that's with the cash flow kind of head-on, and that is that actually changes the working capital needed in the business, but with a profit head-on... Mm-hmm. Um, that was not, for example, if I saw stuff in the UK to sell in the UK, quite often mm-hmm. it's going to be so expensive there is zero profit mm-hmm. to be made. Mm-hmm. But uh, once you start comparing sourcing, for example, in Eastern Europe with sourcing from China, not only is the cash conversion cycle much longer, so the working capital needed is is worse, but mm-hmm. it was more profitable to source from China until you know a few months ago with many product lines, and it no longer is because the raw material costs have pushed the prices up six mm, percent is an average. So the factory gates for the smaller sellers I work with sometimes may be up 10%, maybe even more. And then the freight costs have been often just tripled. I mean, that mm-hmm. is not a subtle move. In yeah. that context, it's not just a cash thing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's also a profit thing. So I think that right. sourcing locally-ish or more locally than you would have done becomes much more critical because of the freight cost if nothing else. So yeah. for those who are importing, that's a, a critical thing that everyone's having to, to wrestle with right now. And of course, the 30,000 foot view on that is just to, the obvious thing that your sourcing strategy impacts your profitability. 
Oh, 100%. And that, so, I mean, it's like the obvious thing, but one of the things you can obsess over for, you know, a, a period of, of time is your sourcing options. And, uh, you know, and so I, I love the emphasis in that. Okay, so let's keep going. So, so we've talked about five of the, uh, you know, um, methods for creating a highly profitable e-commerce company. The number six is find a coach, mentoring group, or, you know, small group that focuses on these ideas. Now, that's a rare thing to find, but I would just encourage everybody to try to do that. You know, to be honest, one of the only conversations that most e-commerce people have about profitability is probably when they sit down with their CPA at tax time. That's the small group. Your small group is is you and your tax person, you know? And if that's the only small group you have and it only meets once a year for one hour to review your tax filing, you're not getting an optimal situation to occur there. So I would just encourage everyone, find a coach or mentor or mastermind group where you can say to them, Help me with profitability, my business guys. What what's your best thinking? What's your best idea? What's your best you know way forward? How have you gone from good to great in terms of profitability? And have them not give platitudes and not give generalities at any random person. Like your you know your no disrespect to my mom, she won't watch this, but you know the stuff your mom could say to you, even though she, you know the people who don't actually even run a business could say to you. So you don't want that. You want actual granular specific. Uh, things from a group of e-commerce sellers. And that's a real trick. It's a real challenge because, you know, even just finding business owners that you can sit down with and talk to can be tough, let alone e-commerce operators. And so I I think this is an important piece of, you know, your growth and and goals of getting towards profitability. Yeah. I think you're so right. I, I, <laughs> what you just said, you sit down with your CPA once a year to review your tax and then yeah. suddenly you look back at the year with great clarity, but like about, you know, normally months after the business year yeah. has ended. So maybe exactly. 18 months after it's happened. Yeah, it's not a good it, mastermind strategy. No, it's not a good way of doing it. I mean, it's, put it this way, it's a great thing to meet with your CPA, but not mm-hmm. once a year. And, and mm-hmm. also, as we said before, but it's worth emphasizing yet again, Being able to deal with tax codes is obviously critical so you don't go to jail in the most crass way of putting it or get fined or whatever. But that is not the same skill set as, number one, being able to do cost uh, management, sort of management accounting type work. I mean, some CPS will do both, but that's one thing. But the other thing is it's not the same skill set as being able to explain numbers in a language that humans can understand to a small business owner. And, And that's a particular skill. And I think that I've worked with some accountants who are really, really good at that and some who really aren't. And that's critical. And then once you find that person, you still got to, you know, speak accountant, speak with them. So yeah, I think there's no substitute for fellow e-commerce operators, but who are profit savvy. I, I yeah. couldn't agree more with that. And the regularity of the the rhythm is also important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely right. Annual is just a disaster <laughs> as a rhythm yeah. goes, you know. No, I think the, the reality is, I think there's probably a very common trajectory that the the journey looks like this. When you sell, start selling online, you might not even have a high quality CPA you work with if you've done your own taxes or something like that prior to becoming an entrepreneur. But then you'll start this routine where you meet with them annually. And then you'll be like, oh, we need to start meeting quarterly. And then it's like, oh, we need to start meeting, you know, even monthly. And that somewhere in that spectrum probably has to do with how sophisticated your business is, how much money you sell, you know, top line sales and revenue or, or a profit. And so that's just a very common 
you know, piece. But beyond just meeting with your CPA, you need to meet with other people who can speak into these issues. Okay, so that's the sixth tip for creating a highly profitable e-commerce company. And the seventh one is similar. It's study and learn everything you can about business finance. Now, that's a boring topic conceivably. So you have to learn from good people. I think the success of Mike Michaelowitz's Profit First book simply comes down to the t- uh, point of he made a focus on business finance interesting. And he did it in such a way that people would listen and hear the audio. I listen to the audio book, which he reads and is actually very entertaining. And so I think that's the reason it was successful is just because he took us all into the deep end of the swimming pool together, made us look at the business math and r- made us realize we care about this stuff. This is like our top thing. Our top thing is this stuff, but it can get so boring and so like, you know, brain numbing that you quickly like peel off and you want to just go back to something more fun, like how to blow money on Facebook ads. But anyway, so, you know, I think this is the important point here is you, you need to figure out how to learn. Now, a few tips. YouTube is now streaming many, many university level courses. You, you can get courses from like MIT or like many university level finance courses, small business accounting and on and on. So if YouTube is a better medium for you than reading a book, then just start, you know, once a, a month, start watching a, a YouTube lecture from, you know, somebody on, on small business accounting, small business finance, all of those elements and, and find other ways to learn podcasts, books, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the seventh tip for creating a highly profitable e-commerce company. Michael, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, quite a few other resources to add to, to the pot. Uh, I guess this is going to be more for the more advanced uh, sellers, I guess, in a sense. What, I don't know if advanced is the right word. More, more established, because, more experienced in some ways, but not mm-hmm. necessarily more profitable mm-hmm. or more financially sophisticated. I would say, first of all, to the trajectory, uh, you're so right. that That is absolutely the one that most people go on. You don't even have a CPA. You meet them annually, quarterly, and monthly. The next thing to do that I've seen in the masterminds is people go from having being their own financial director they're still responsible for finances to hiring a fractional CFO or financial director or chief financial officer to to having a full-time one and that's a great day when you get a full-time really quality FD or or CFO you're probably doing at least several million dollars a year in my experience that's when that tends to come in I think it's so important I think people obsess rightly about sourcing quality earlier than they obsess about their their the quality their financial management they're two sides of the same coin. The more you're going to be putting deep amounts of money, hundreds of thousands or even millions into the sourcing piece, the more you've got to have fantastic quality understanding of cash flows and profit. Otherwise, quite quickly, you end up creating a machine that, that delivers pretty amazing quality products to the customers and makes Amazon profits and makes you almost nothing. And mm-hmm. that's really tragic to the point we made again. Yeah. I see people who are otherwise very sophisticated operators who are not sophisticated about the finance and it's a disaster for them, not for everyone else. So <laughs> don't obsess with sourcing without obsessing about finance, what I would say. Yeah. The other things I would say, just two, two great books. One is Financial Intelligence for Entrepreneurs by Karen Berman, who's sadly deceased now, and Joe Knight, who's a, a former CPA in sort of small businesses, American chap, but, but 100% applicable to the UK. 
Very, very good book. The other thing I'd recommend is the Corporate Finance Institute, which uh, is a lot cheaper than Harvard or um, Business School or MIT, although they've got incredible reputations and rightly so. But they mm-hmm. they do actually have links where they've actually done training for a lot of the big merchant banks in London. So that's apart from Wall Street, the greatest sort of financial centre in the world. It's had sure. a bit of a kick in the teeth from Brexit, but it's still very big. So those are serious people, but they're actually pretty affordable courses if you really want to educate yourself. And and frankly, if you're going to go into the millions of dollars realm with the revenue, I think you owe it to yourself to really get educated on this stuff. Yeah, absolutely right. Love it. Somebody in the chat, Kimberly, just said Coursera is also a good resource for inexpensive training. Of course, Udemy would fall in that category yeah. as well. The sure. online training portals, of course, are great for this type of thing. So yeah. find a, the best reviewed, best loved small business finance course on Coursera or Udemy and dig into it. Just go through that. And, you know, you, you over time, my, my thinking on this stuff is basically over time, consume a lot and, you know, build your own process, build your own, you know, you, you, in essence, you metabolize the information into your own system and you end up with uh, an a, aggregate of many people's thinking many people's insights you know and that's just how you learn and grow when cinnamon and i first started selling on ebay i had an mba but it the emphasis was in nonprofit management but the mba that i got in essence had no obvious relevance to e-commerce selling <laughs> except for just in general you know they teach you about you know like what is a PL statement and stuff like that but and so what ha- actually happens in real life is you have to study, learn, and apply specific technical ideas and lessons that make sense for you in the context in which you operate. And, you know, you know, the person who taught us how to set up a PL in QuickBooks was my you know, business mentor guy named Ron Theory, who's a, a restaurateur in the area. And we meet every Saturday morning for uh, breakfast and talk biz stuff. And he was like, where's your PL? And we we're like, uh, we didn't make one. And he was like, dude, why didn't you, why don't you have a PL? And so I at least knew what he was talking about, but, but we didn't kind of know how to set it up for a small business, like what we were creating. And so he literally came over to our house and walked through, here's how I set mine up. Here's how you could set yours up. And what he did for his didn't make any sense for us in essence, but it kind of got us going, you know, like it, it was a, a breadcrumb that we could start following and so, you know, that's how this stuff works. You find you know, a little idea, you follow it through, you apply it to your business and you learn and grow. And I would just encourage everybody to to do that. So I'm happy to recap this list if you'd like. For, yeah, I'd love to uh, hear these, these seven steps or seven sort of seven techniques, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. I called it methods, but you could call it tips or techniques. Sure. Here we go. Number one, create a high quality profit and loss tool and review it monthly, quarterly, and annually to look for opportunities to improve your profit. Number two, set clear profit goals and work to achieve them over time. Number three, widen the jaws. And you do that by growing your top line sales slower than you grow your expenses. Number four, migrate to selling higher margin products or higher price products over time. Number five, migrate to lower cost of sales and operating methods over time. Number six, find coaching groups and mentoring groups that help you focus on profit. And number seven, study and learn everything you can about business finance. So there you have it. That's the list of seven methods for creating a highly profitable e-commerce company. Not nearly as succinct or snazzy as 
Profit First as a title, but hopefully it's helpful concepts and ideas to get people pointed in the right direction. I like it. As you said, I really like the wisdom of what you said. You gotta, you gotta take the clues, follow the breadcrumbs. Nice, nice little phrase. And just in the end, you have gotta create your own systems. Otherwise, it's not a unique business. And if you create mm-hmm. a, the idea of a cookie cutter business, is so incredibly common online. But the trouble is, if your business is exactly the same as everyone else, you have no competitive advantage. And in a very competitive landscape, certainly in the Amazon world, you'll make no profit. So you have to be willing to get your hands dirty and mm-hmm. and create your own business, but don't reinvent the wheel. This is the the paradox, if you like, the easy paradox. Maybe we'll hear here one day in Jim Collins, Jim Collins's books. I don't think so, but it's you've got to you know take a model that is close to your needs right now, mm-hmm. like you did with the business. Uh, only you work with a restaurant owner, not the same business, not yeah. the same challenges, but use that as a starting point. And then kind of bash it around until it roughly works for your business and then yep. take the next step of absorbing it. You're so right on that. I think that's that's the reality of how it works. There's there's no cookie-cutter business here. Yep. So we ought to talk about how people can work with you. Obviously, you've mentioned your coaching clients that, that are now not only CEOs of uh, substantial established businesses, but the earlier stage mm-hmm. replens sellers, which is, I know, an exciting venture for you guys. Yeah. So how do people uh, learn more from you guys and, and work with you? Sure. Yeah. The smartest, best place at this point is to go to winningonshopify.com, which is our location for our blogs and training. That'll change in the near future, actually, as we rebrand. But that's the place to go to at this point. And of course, you can get your resources and my resources at theecommerceleader.com. So hit that website in association with this podcast. But yeah, uh, happy to have people check out our coaching. You know, it's hilarious. We've really uh, just had such a blast now with these small groups. We have three up and going. And uh, I think in total, something like 60 people in total now in that system. And uh, we don't have any, we don't have any sales page. You cannot go find it online anywhere. So unfortunately you can't join those at, you know, I can't refer any, anyone to how to do that. Cause we did it through our kind of, you know, challenges and that kind of thing. So, but if you want to just contact me and learn more about our small groups, both the CEO small group and the Replens Mastermind small group, I'm happy to point you in the right direction. And in the near future, we'll have sales pages, which sounds ridiculous for me to say, but oops, (laughs) I don't have any online sales page for those things, but it is what it is. It's kind of cool. That's because it's early stages. And I guess you were testing the concepts. It's working really well. So, I mean, on my side, equally, I've got uh, the 10K Collective Mastermind. If you wanted to come and join that, you need to be doing at least $50,000 a month. But I'm doing also creating a a group, which is, again, has no sales page because I'm just trying to pull together the people sort of handpicked and having a lot of conversations Mm -hmm. one-to-one with people. But if you're interested, basically going to be a a blend of sort of from the front coaching, a lot of mastermind work and bring in experts from my you know, massive Rolodex, if you like, of, of people that I've built over you know, five, six years of podcasting in the space, mm-hmm. as well as selling. So, yeah, if you want to check it out, the simplest thing is just to email michael at amazingfba.com or you can check out the mastermind page. But yeah, that's that's good. Also, <laughs> a lack of sales page. Well, <laughs> call ourselves internet marketers. It's quite crazy. But anyway, the, yeah. the, the stuff that works sometimes is in the early stages, isn't it? So, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, any concluding thoughts on this topic? Really great topic. What, what are your final takeaways from this idea? of creating a highly profitable e-commerce business. I would just encourage everybody who's in their early days of their, you know, selling venture, maybe in their if you're in your first few years, stick with it. Stay the course, learn over time, realize what you got sold into, the shiny objects and how they may or may not be real, but there is actually paths to highly profitable e-commerce companies. Absolutely 
true. You know, it is, it is real. It's not an illusion. And I know when you're in your early days and your sales might be coming together, but you you just have no profit, you can think to yourself, there's not going to ever be a, a way that I can make real money from this. And it's not true. You, you just, you have to learn the trade craft. And I would just say that my, you know, number one encouragement is just consider yourself an apprentice, like in any other trade skill. You're, you're an apprentice plumber right now. You're an apprentice electrician. You're an apprentice dentist. You're just in your phase of learning and adapting these ideas to your specific context. And if you stick with it, you will find the tipping points that lead you to high profitability and to run a very successful business. If you quit, you won't, that's for sure. And so I would just encourage everybody, don't give up. If you're frustrated, if you're exhausted, you know, take the breaks you need regroup, you know, reconsider what you're doing and, and, and get back in the game in new and exciting ways and focus on profit. And it really can come together successfully with almost any business model. And I just, I just want people not to stop trying for, you know, frustration or out of, out of a lack of current success, you know. Yeah, really love that. I think my background in piano teaching and piano learning would also kick in here. That it's, it's in general, and it's been remarkably consistent across different disciplines now, you know, business before it was piano. Guess what? <laughs> it takes time to learn the skills and get yeah. the fluency necessary yeah. in the basic skills. A bit like driving a car. When you first learn to drive, you're trying to, I mean, I guess you guys drive uh, automatics, but I, I started with what we call a stick shift in the UK. And basically even trying to change gear leads to a lot of crunching of gears and, and jumping, jumping around on the road and you're very yeah. very focused on what the heck am i doing with that before yeah. when you're in the early stages and you don't really have any space left in your head to worry about what's outside of your car aka your competition if you want to use it as a business analogy but guess what that's yeah. kind of the most important thing and over time you master certain basic physical skills and then you learn the art of reading the landscape around you as a driver mm-hmm. and it's very similar in e-commerce you've got to get your head around the internal workings of your business such as the profit and loss you know yeah. statements before you can really start to operate with awareness of the competition as well as what's going on internally and it yeah. just takes time and practice you're absolutely right and i like that very encouraging encouraging words for everyone Thank you, sir. Yep. And really appreciate everyone who's been listening with us live as well. For those of you who have not checked out the e-commerce leader podcast, we've got lots and lots of episodes. And so go back and check out the prior sessions. Hopefully you get hooked into it and it becomes your podcast of choice. We'd love your highest and best review and our subscription on whatever listener player platform you use. And uh, thanks everybody for hanging out with us today and for Uh, participating in the conversation as well. Okay, Michael, thank you so much. As always, wonderful conversation. Thank you to you as well. Yeah, great topic. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.